Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Audio Nautic. My name is Curtis. And I'm Sun Warper. What's going on, man? What have you been doing? Not much. Busy figuring out all the moving stuff and uh, trying to find a little bit of time to be creative. You know, it's not good to just sit and do nothing. So it's it's good in the middle of all the stressors of moving and everything else. You just take a minute and just get in the flow with some music. Are you forcing yourself to do that? Or is that like, uh, is that just natural? Or is it dis- disciplinary? No, I mean, some days I, I just, at least if I haven't done anything, I'll say, okay, grab the guitar, just hit a couple chords, you know, or a few scales just to do something. But most days I just gravitate towards it because I just need an outlet. Yeah, sometimes it gets a bit much. It just becomes the place where you can escape to, isn't it? I mean, you're all about the escapism, yeah. aren't you? That's true, yeah. Yeah, it's the best way to go. Um, have you, I mean, when are you making, are you twiddling? Are you making anything new? Or are we just, is it just making beats at this stage? Well, I made a couple new things. Um, yeah, it's mostly just messing around. Just I'm kind of just trying to experiment with things at the moment just to get out of what I've been doing of late. What about you? What have you been up to? This week, it's been all about the drones. Uh, it's been all about the drones and the sound design. Isn't yeah. that every week for you? Well, no, well, you would have thought so. But like, as as <laughs> these things kind of, as they all come from different places, don't they? So they like yeah, chord, chord sequences come through. and But usually when it comes to filling out a track, it comes back to... Uh, comes back to the drones and it comes back to the the long pads which are then um synthesized i suppose i've been filling out the tracks you know building the drones and making them through and uh so it's a case of basically building this building the sound building the sound design as it is then playing the chord and just standing there for eight or nine minutes so the whole drone just kind of goes through the entire piece well that's a bit of a vignette for you yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta stretch that out man make a full song <laughs> wow i've recently discovered pool stretch so maybe we can do something with that <laughs> specter is gonna be tuning in and super stoked that you just <laughs> said that so yeah that's what it's been for me it's um i'm in a similar situation to you guys i was you know i'm moving as yeah well. you're mid move i mean you're moving countries so i'm moving counties <laughs> <laughs> yeah um so I did a dry run today. I put everything in, uh, put everything in the suitcases and weighed everything, make sure it's all safe and sound. And it's uh, hopefully, fingers crossed, it's going to make the move. I've never taken a synthesizer in a suitcase before wrapped in clothes, but we're going to have to see. Is that the, uh, what is that, a Novation you're sent? It's the Novation Ultra Nova, yeah. Um, yeah. Which is a beautiful little thing. And I've, Is it well, digital? It is. Well... It's dig- It's a digital synth with like this analog. Virtual I don't know what analog it is. or something. Yeah, it's got virtual analog in there. So I mean, it's digital as you can get. Like the, it's, it's digital. When you, when you do the long sweeping filters that I like to do, you can hear the you can hear the nodes change. So it is de- definitely digital. Um, I mean, hey man, I, I'm not trying to spark a digital versus analog. Mm-hmm. Like you use tools are tools, man. It's just whatever. Look at like with Forest Robots. He's using all MIDI and he can make it sound organic like you know to trick even guitarists you thought he was using guitars right oh yeah totally i, I mean I, he he has done something very well with his production like i say like, i had no idea that he's coming across as all uh he's coming across as all plugins and midis it, it, it yeah insane to me. i mean i know i said it in the outro of that but i really thought it was just him sitting at a piano you know vibing out on, with two microphones on each side or something 
I mean, Lo and totally... behold, he's just using a VST with a bunch of effects. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. But he's done it really well. I mean, speaking of which, uh, what did you take away from uh, from Forest Robots? Are we going to go out of order like this, man? Well, you brought it up. <laughs> well, I mean, that, this is part of the intro. Well, I tell you what, then let's uh, let's let's stick to form. Let's stick to form. Let's talk about let's talk about our guests in order, shall we? So, for those of us who joined us at the beginning of Rotation Two, uh, at the end of Three Artists, somewhat pronounced, sit down and we discuss what we have taken away and what we've learned from the people that we have sat down with. So, for this rotation, we started with uh, Letters from Mouse. Went to Force Robots and we ended with Bad Bat Records. Right. Um, so yeah. So sticking true to form and pretending like we know what we're doing. Let's start with uh, with LFM, shall we? So why don't we start with uh, what you took away from Letters from Mouse? Sitting down with Stephen uh, really opened my eyes to the idea that the music industry in itself has always had this kind of underbelly of uh, pay for play. Um, yeah. I was I was always under the impression that it was so so much of a product of our generation, the streaming services, that kind of thing, and bot plays and AI technology and all that. What I mean, what I mean from that is the idea that it kind of it gave me a bit more hope in that sense. If anything, it gave me a bit more hope. hope. Really? Yeah. In what way? It gave me hope because um, we can understand it and we recognize it for once. As in, and maybe because a person like Steven exists, that's so counter to it. Yeah, 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 totally, totally. If one person exists, there there will be more, right? Yeah. So like, if uh, in and being unafraid to discuss it and being unafraid to stick your neck out there and say that this is the way it is, hopefully, yeah. and that bring, it's wrong. Yeah, 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 and it can bring some form of change into it. I'm not. I don't want to. I don't want to turn this into a tirade or an anti-streaming service tirade. I mean, I use Spotify, so it's fun. We've had enough of those, man. Yeah, we've, we've <laughs> talked, we have talked that a lot. But I like to think that when it, become, when it becomes more of an open conversation, it's a conversation that we can have, then perhaps we can move into a position where it is a bit more fruitful and a bit more ethical towards the musician. I don't think that's the only takeaway from, from Letters from Mouse. I mean, we talked about music with him, how he approaches music um we talked about his love of his newfound love of modular which is cool i love when he posts those videos of him just messing around with his synths and the modular and he gets some crazy sounds from that thing i mean i don't know if i'd ever uh go into modular uh, but yeah. you can do some crazy stuff with those things well have you checked out his compilation ep that he's just put out since talking to it i did yeah yeah it's I mean, it, it, his hard-hitting beats are there, as they always are, and then you've just got these trills, beautiful modular trills that just come through, don't they? And it's just, yeah. if you feel like he's leveled up almost. Not that he wasn't there before, but it's just he's leveled up completely in the, in the sound. It's oh, just, man, it's I, I, I love his production approach, and that was the main reason I really wanted to have him on, talk about his drums, which didn't he say that his drums are usually like different all different things like the kick come from, comes from one thing the snare comes from another thing and he it's just like puts a... them all together i kind of do that too i start with like a sampler and i put all these different sounds but then i export them all separately so i can control them differently okay you know like the the kick has its own uh track and stuff because i like to side chain the bass just always. a little bit to always. the kick uh yeah always it's not for that you know 
pumping sound, but you just get a better mix. The low end sits better when you have like a one or two decibel side chain just to let the kick hit. Um, but yeah, it was nice to see that that is also somewhat of his approach um, because I just, I love his drum sounds. I mean, that that's what it is in a way. It, it, from all that and learning and talking about his production and how enthusiastic he spoke about his own work. Um, yeah. It really opened another side. We we spoke about it before when it was when we were doing periapsis. Obviously, that that was my one. The mm-hmm. you you've known Stephen, you've known Lotus from Ours for a while. Whereas I was kind of new to the community, new to the group, and I hadn't really kind of networked with anyone really. And I just yeah. remember messaging you going, "Dude, I, what do I say? I have no idea." I, I, I <laughs> typed out the message about fifteen times, and the the anxiety i'm a pretty anxious human being as you know anyway but then same man i think everybody can be or is you know yeah we all just try to hide it and have our own ways of doing it just pretend we're not but the yeah but yeah but then sitting down and seeing i suppose seeing more the humanity as opposed to the pixel pixel messages kind of thing just how approachable and how friendly a guy is and when when you're in that position of playing radio and promoting other artists and doing stuff, it just makes everything so much nicer. You know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, speaking of smooth segues, I think you just nailed that one, dude. (laughs) 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 That's, uh, as as we discussed, that is part of uh, the takeaway from Fran, Forest Robots, that I had. Um, You know, he talked a lot about very personal things with his music and how his life has influenced him and his approach to music. But the biggest thing I took away from it was it was a quick little snippet when we were talking about uh, after geography and getting on the record label, getting on KEXP, all this stuff. He would just send these emails with no expectation of getting something back, like no return uh, from these people. And, you know, that's like, the best headspace you could be in with this stuff. Like you just said, but you had also said in a previous episode, you were very anxious to send to letters from mouse. Cause you were like, what do I say? What do I do? You know, that's because you had the expectation of him responding either. Yes, no, whatever. And we build up in our heads, all these monumental responses that we might get when usually it's just like, this is great. I'm going to cover it. Or they don't respond. And either way you still sent it, you got through it and you did it. And like with Letters from Mouse, it came back perfectly. He played Periapsis. He, we've we've all become great friends. We had him on the show and everything. And I think that just is the best thing to take away. Like you sometimes just need to change your narrative a little bit and get rid of the expectation. Completely. Uh, the um, building up what we're doing in our head as if there's some objective to get there. It, I mean, you got to have yeah. a clear. You got to have a clear presence of what you want to do and where you want to go and all that stuff. But that has to come hand in hand with absolutely zero expectation that anything is going to happen and yeah. that anything's going to matter. Otherwise, you're going to dig a hole for yourself. I think you got to have a vision and know what you want, where you want to get to, all that stuff, how you want to present yourself. But in terms of people's responses, you have no control over that. And so worrying about it is not going to do anything for you except maybe make you sick or, you know, just give you a bunch of anxiety for nothing because you don't know what's going to happen and it, it really doesn't matter anyways. <laughs> yeah. I, mean, I mean, none of it matters anyway. So why put yeah. all that pressure on yourself? Like the, I mean, I've, I've, I'm guilty of it so many times like this. I mean, especially when you start out and you think, you know what? I just need one track. 
I just need that one track to hit something, to hit the right playlist or to get into the right show, and I'm golden. It never happens like that. It never happens like that. It's it's a case of you, you, you're consistent and you put things out and you build that trust and you build that brand. And then from that, you slowly gain from that. You do that by building your connections and you do that by networking and you do that by doing this to a certain degree. And just to circle back, I think that's a big thing with LFM. His whole counter standpoint to everything in the music industry, he just wants to show good music. And you know, it works out because people want to check out his stuff too, because not only does he make good music, but he's willing to help. And it just, it's great. But yeah, no, it's interesting what you mean in that front, like um, give and take, like it is completely give and take. And in this world, especially in our, in our place where we're not making particularly mainstream work and we're making stuff or we're making music that might be considered uh, left field to a certain degree, by coming in and, you know, throwing your music out there and uh, on, the, on the proverbial table and saying, look at this. It's not really going to happen, is it? You, you've got to, yeah. you've got to give before you can take. You know, that's just. I mean, if I if I came up to you and just as a complete stranger and just demanded stuff from you, like it's not going to happen, is it? Well, that's kind of what I did to you. I was like, give me all of your secrets for how you do live <laughs> stuff. <laughs> it still worked. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, true. but that's that still true. a give and take. That's still a give and take because I was asking for your expertise. As someone who's doing these live things, I wasn't just like, check out my music. I said, hey, man, you do something awesome. Can you share a little bit if you're willing to divulge some of your secrets? And of course, you sent like 14 million paragraphs. But uh, <laughs> but it was that's what I mean. It's 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 still a give and take, you know. Well, yeah, I mean, look at where we are now. I mean, we sit and we have these. We, I mean, we chat on a daily basis, and, you know, like we just sit and we yeah. build. But instead of us building a career separately we've now built it together which is a hell of a lot more fun yeah. you know what i mean oh yeah it's always yeah. better with somebody it is you gotta have friends you gotta have friends um yeah on that note of needing people and finding uh your buddies and amongst the tribe adam from uh bad bat records i think um of all the of all the mind-blowing events and all of the 180 flips that have happened to me in the past uh 18 months or so I think this has to be one of the big, one of the big ones. When we sat down with Adam from Bad Back Records, I was, I was uh, somewhat hesitant and I was somewhat, somewhat skeptical. Um, yeah. The the idea of uh, a label in the modern day is not necessarily um, what we can strive for. When we have CD Baby, we have Distro Kid, and we have all those other distribution channels that we can go and through. direct communication to bloggers, playlisters, radio stations, etc. Yeah, um, it just doesn't seem viable. Why would I give someone a portion of the tiny, tiny royalties I get anyway to uh, for for basically nothing, you know? Um, and but, yet when we talked to him, there were some reasons. Yeah. There were I, some very compelling reasons. I mean, by the end of it, I was kind of like, shoot, maybe, maybe a record label is the way to go. Um, I wouldn't say I'm totally convinced, but um, I think Bad Bat Records and his approach really made a lot of sense. And, and in general, any record label, I mean, there were things I always thought of that a label has um, uses. It's, you know, the connections they've established, the fan base that they already have, um, 
you know, if they've been on radio stations or blogs or music magazines, they most likely have made some form of a network with them. And that's awesome. And, you know, if you can get in that network and that already existing fan base, that's great. But the biggest thing I took away from Adam is that other sets of ears listening to your yeah. stuff. Yeah. Uh, you know, and so you finish something and you think it's good, but maybe you think it's good because it's your music. You know, I mean, yeah, we're usually our harshest critics, but we also will usually be like, this is sick. But you send it to, <laughs> <laughs> you know, deep down you have those. I mean, I don't know about you, but you go through those cycles. You start a song, you're like, this is it. This is awesome. And then you listen to it a million times because you're a crazy perfectionist with your music. And you go, this is terrible. You go through that endless cycle. But here you have an objective set of ears that you can send to and be like, what do you think? And they can say, hey, it's great. Or, hey, can you turn down the bass? This is ridiculous. You know? <laughs> and then, like he was saying, they do some mastering. So if you don't have... Um, the know-how with mastering or even some mixing stuff, a label may have the connections or may do it themselves. It seems to me that I would I would put something out on a label. It's, I, it seems to me that I would put something out on a label when it has a particular point or a particular purpose for that release, like a compilation or a single or something along a theme or something like that. Like headphone music, they put out a charity compilation the other week. The thing with labels, and I think... It's the most one of the most important things Adam brought up is that um, it really depends on the person, like the artist that's making music. Do you want to handle all the stressors of uh, sending out emails, of tr making connections, making a network? Do you want to try to deal with the stress of sending CDs either through your own? They get shipped to you and you have to ship them all over the world or through some company that makes them and ships them out. Like these are all things that take away from creating. And there are some people that just wanna sit at their keyboard, whatever, and just make music and have somebody else deal with it. And a little bit of a counterpoint of my own, Fran mentioned, hey, the label does it, but you gotta do it too if you really wanna get your music out there. But he, even Fran said, you know, some people just wanna create and not deal with it. And maybe they get less exposure, but you know, they, they just wanna create and the label can handle the other side of it, if you find the label that fits you. Yeah, I mean, that's that's what it is. Like I say, I, I'd be, if there's a label, I mean, Stephen mentioned it with Music is the Devil. He joined the label for a, a couple of releases because he liked what they do. He loved the DIY aspect and they stood for something that he believed in. Yeah, Spectre said the same thing with why he joined a label is because he really liked the, the group of people not just the roster, but the people who are doing the label and all that. And I think that's another thing to consider. Like I said, you find a label that fits you. And if, if you feel this group of people, maybe you'll do more collabs with them or remixes. You know, it's like a, um, a coalition of people that just create together. Yeah. Um, I mean, like, at the like variety is always the spice of life. And I mean, especially when you're early on in your career, if you don't know something or if you haven't tried it, you can't knock it, you know? So you could yeah. go try it, see if it works. If it doesn't work for you, you don't have to do it again, you know? I think to sum up a label in 2020, it's just dependent on the artist. That's mm. it. You, you see the labels that exist. If something fits with you, uh, you know, you try it. And that's the beauty of, of music and releases is that no one release is your like end all be all thing. Mm. You're going to keep making music. You're going to keep putting stuff out. 
nothing is going to be the end of it. Like if you just, if you keep wanting to make music, you can. So if you put out an album, you might think it's the greatest thing you've ever made, but guess what? Because you made something that great, you're going to do something better later because you've learned from it. So if this thing doesn't go well, or if it goes amazingly, you'll be making more stuff that's even better on the next one. And you can change course. Which, to add to that, to, to just just to add to that is the the like you, like you mentioned before it's down to the artist which is a yeah. fantastic place to be in 20 20 years ago 30 years ago it had to be on a label if you can get anything done and i i mean that's very true this goes completely against what i was saying before about the state of the music <laughs> industry but hey yeah. guess what i'm an idiot and a hypocrite that's cool um uh, but yeah so like the the, it's because it's down to the artist. Like, if you want to go and do it all yourself, you can. If you want to get some yeah. buddies behind you and do it through a label, you can. Because we live in that fantastic world that we live in. Yeah. It's a great and time I to think, be alive. I, I don't think you could put it better. That's the beauty of where we are in 2020. And that's the great thing about you have the choice. You can join a label if you want and get help. Or you can go through it all on your own if you want to. It might be harder. But, you know, you can do whatever you want. Adam's also a really nice guy, and I bet you that he'd yeah. help you out even if he didn't formally sign. He just like I think so, and I got to tell you, Adam. Uh, Adam made very compelling arguments that by the end of that interview, I was just like, "Shoot, label makes total sense." Yeah. And then as I thought about it more, I was like, "Yeah, it's it really comes down to choice." But I mean, the way he wasn't presenting it in some, you got to do it this way. Yeah, completely. Um, and yeah, and on that note, I think we can wrap up rotation two. Of no, no, no. I want to be savage and get back at you because you put me on the spot last time. <laughs> so now I'm putting you on the spot. Summarize with all three people your takeaways. <laughs> yeah, I got Calm you. Up. I got you. You did it to me. Now you got to do it. I, <laughs> I'll give you five seconds to formulate a thought. No, I'm just kidding. Hang on. No. Well, all three of them in one sentence or that's a what sentence I, That's what I think you have me do it in one, but I'll, I'll I'll be nice. You can do it however you want. Thank you. You are so kind. Uh, <laughs> I got your back. Yeah, I got yeah, your totally. back. I told you. I got your back. Um, a sense to someone what? Well, what can I say? Well, um, in this, in the modern music industry, there is nothing better than having your buddies around you helping you and supporting what you're doing. It is so essential to what we're doing. That's what I've taken through this, whether it be a label, whether it be another artist, or whether it be a radio host who's favorable to your way of working. Having these people, finding these people is crucial to doing what we are trying to do, all of us are trying to do. If you don't have that, it just makes everything 10 times harder and less fun. Yeah. I think I got it. All right, that's Adam. No, no, I, like I say, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> like I say, record label, artist, I'll take that, I'll take that. But yeah, so with with that, with that lovely piece of karma, uh, let's wait, wait for next time, um, with, that, with that lovely piece of you karma. You could have just said no, I, I wasn't going to press the issue. <sighs> it's, it's I just had to much. get back at you. Right, it's far too much fun, it's far too much fun. No, now we're even. Too right, and you did, we both did it really well. Um, I think it works. I think so. Uh, with that, um, we shall bring a close to Rotation 2. But before we go into Rotation 3, we are going to bring out the next stage in the evolution of Audio Nautic. And this is definitely not because of personal things that are going on in the real world. 
No, it's not like you're moving to a different country and I'm moving to another county. That has nothing to do with it. Not at all. Not at all. Um, this is uh, completely planned for and completely there and meant to happen at this stage in time. Isn't that right, Sam Warper? Totally. Yeah. Um, no, in all seriousness, um, we are making some pretty big changes in both our lives just as we set up this new venture, which is totally not the way that it's going. Uh, should have gone, but it's the way that it has been. I am moving to the Czech Republic or Czechia and uh, some more you are moving to a new apartment with your missus, isn't you? Yep. Yeah. Another county. Well, there we go. It's going to be nice. Um, yeah. And so you've got a new studio. You're, I mean, you're building your studio from the bottom up, aren't you? You're basically building yeah, pretty everything. pretty much. We get a, we, a shed's getting driven in there, um, I think, tomorrow or the next day. And then we're going to do the drywall, the power to it. And then it's setting up a whole new studio with lights. And it won't just be bare white walls anymore, which will be nice. That'll be cool. That'd Try be to nice. put up some posters. I might hang the guitars on the walls. Oh. That'd be lovely. Something. Yeah, be nice and I want to get like lights, like LED changing lights up on the ceilings and the corners or something. I don't know. I've got I've got ideas, but we'll see how much actually gets before I just want to get back to creating. I don't know. That's fair. No, totally. That's totally. I'd like yeah. to see. I'd like to see the big. Uh, I'd like to see the tree, the logo on the back wall somewhere. I'd like to. Oh, see wouldn't that it. be cool if it could like light up or something too? Oh yeah. Well, okay, yeah. If you get a stencil and just spray paint it, and then a bit of LED lights around it, it would be beautiful. So with everything that is happening with Sun Warper's move and my move, we are taking a week off from recording just to let everything breathe. But we are introducing our radio. The goal down in the line is to have a radio station that plays the tunes from Audio Nautic, both from Audio Nautic and from Cosmic Sonics. And for that, we will be airing it on Wednesday the 28th. This will be our inaugural, this will be our inaugural show. We're still work we're still working out the finer details. However, um it will usually air on a Monday. However, in place of the normal Audionautic podcast, it will air on the twenty-eighth of October. Yes, and Audionautic episode eight will be back on the fourth of November. And in the spirit of new things, we're gonna be introducing a new format for the show um, that we'll visit every couple of months, uh deep dive. First one is going to be about writer's block and how both Curtis and I tackle writer's block, but we'll also be having a couple of guests, a few who you've heard before, and then a few that you'll be hearing from soon. Yeah, so um, that is what's going on in the next couple of weeks. We'll still be around and we'll still be doing our thing uh, just for a week or two. We're taking a back seat and letting new things grow. So for now, we'll love you and leave you. If you want to catch us in the meantime, while all this is going down, you can catch us on Twitter and on Instagram at Audionautic Sounds and Audionautic, respectively. We'll have new episodes every Wednesday at 3 p.m. UTC. 